UConn and Purdue are in a tier unto themselves at the tip top of college basketball. Can anyone else climb Mount Olympus and join them? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show. We're your host. This guy is Andy Patton. I'm pointing to myself now, and I'm Isaac Shade. And we want to thank you for making us your first listener watch to get your college basketball content every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Andy, coming up on the show today, we're going to take a look at the 13 AP Top 25 teams that are on the road this weekend at undefeated teams. Uh, excuse me, unranked teams. Very big difference there. They are very they are very defeated, I might say, and that's why they're unranked. Uh, yes, 13 of the AP Top 25 on the road at unranked teams. And things are starting to get real bubbly here in this second weekend of February. Andy, we're going to see if we can avoid a Thursday night jinx again like we have done the last two weeks in a row. And, um, man, it's going to be a great show. But here's where we want to go first. Andy, we had a really interesting question earlier this week um, on, on Monday's show in the live chat while it was premiering on YouTube. This was from Blake Widmer. It might be Widmer. Either way, Blake, thank you. He says, I clearly think UConn and Purdue are in their own tier. Who is next? I would love to see UNC in Kansas. Well, Andy, here's what's funny about that. <laughs> since then, since yeah. Blake sent that on Monday, the Jayhawks lost Monday night. The Tar Heels lost Tuesday night, and so it it just creates, you know, we already, you and I believe that UConn and Purdue, we think that Blake is right, that UConn and Purdue are in Tier 1A and no one else is close right now, quite frankly. Um, and, and we can talk about their quads and, and, you know, their overall records and all that. But I think the more interesting part of this conversation is who's below them. What's Tier 2? Is there a Tier 3? Who's in Tier 4 and going from there? So, Working under the premise that UConn and Purdue are indeed alone atop the, the Mount Olympus of college basketball this year, where do we go in Tier 2? Yeah, it's it's funny because I think Carolina and Kansas would have absolutely been in this conversation, and to an extent still are. I don't think that – like I, I picked a Tier 2 that does not include either of them, but they absolutely have – resumes that that could be in that conversation that others might kind of consider them in that conversation but the losses this last week certainly have hurt uh, hurt their standing at this point so for me there's only one team that was obvious in tier two for me I, I agreed with tier one you being UConn and Purdue and then when I started writing tier two I said okay Houston we're throwing Houston in tier two they're 20 and three they're number one at the net they're number one at Ken Palm yes they lost to Kansas on the road I was but- just I was just gonna say what would you say to those people yeah, well, and I think a loss to Kansas at when Kansas is at home is just not—it's not that bad of a loss. I, it's not a bad loss. They only have three, and, and Kansas has worse losses on their resume. Both teams have quality wins. Houston has picked up a lot of really good wins this season, and so has Kansas. But Kansas has losses that I think are just more damaging than Houston's. Houston lost two games early on in the Big Twelve on the road by a combined five points. They lost to Kansas at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Just about everybody does. Kansas hasn't lost at home. So to me. I think that plus a look at the metrics has Houston right in that conversation. If I'm talking tiers 
for college basketball. It's not that I think Kansas is worse necessarily than than Houston or like significantly worse. I just think that resume wise right now, Houston is in a better spot, even with a head to head loss. Yeah, completely agree with you. And then the the other team that we're in agreement on for mm-hmm. tier two there is Tennessee. Yeah. But, you know, I think the the uh, Johnny come lately's with college basketball might look at it and say, but the volunteers have five losses. How could they be so high? Well, look, they had a three game losing streak. Let's acknowledge that it ran from November 21st to November 29th. If mm-hmm. I just tell you three game losing streak, you're like, oh, what's mm-hmm. wrong with this team? Guess what? All three of those games were two teams that are right now either a one or two seed, two of them on a neutral court, one a true home environment. That's Purdue, Kansas, and at North Carolina. Yeah. They lost at Mississippi State, who hasn't been what they we thought they would be this year, but mm-hmm. they've still been good, yeah, not great. And then at home, their lone home loss is to South Carolina, and that loss, quite frankly, Andy, looks better and better by the day and is probably better for the SEC as a whole that South Carolina got that win, but that's not our conversation right now. (laughs) Um, But also what Tennessee has done is picked up a like so many good wins, and several Mm -hmm. of them have aged really, really well. They beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. That, Andy, might be the best true road win Mm -hmm. in con of the season. Uh, or Arizona at Duke. No, I think this one is better than Arizona at Duke. Uh, mm-hmm. They beat Illinois at home. They beat Alabama at home. They've beaten Kentucky at Rupp. My dude, Tennessee yeah. has some kind of resume right now. Big fan of what they've done. Yeah, I, to me, I, I like I said, I put Houston right there immediately as like maybe tier 2A. Uh, and I was kind of trying to decide between Tennessee, between Kansas, like we talked about, between North Carolina and like, who do I want to be in this tier two? And Tennessee just barely separated themselves four and four and quad one. It's not elite. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to pretend yeah. that it's elite, but like you yeah. said, three of those losses were very early in the season. They have been absolutely rolling as of late. Uh, the, the wins that they have, the Wisconsin win, the Illinois win, the Kentucky win, like they, this is a team that's just in, in a really good spot right now. And I think I would comfortably have them in that tier while moving on to tier three. It's, it's kind of the rest of that group, Kansas and North Carolina, I find them both in tier three here, kind of right below that group. I also threw Arizona in two, and, and they're playing right now as we're recording this. We hoped we wouldn't be jinxing anybody. They were up 15 at halftime. They're already only up one as we're recording right now, so we'll see. It's happening uh, again, Andy. It I might be it. happening. Arizona did this to us last time with that Oregon State loss. So uh, for right now, assuming they pick up this win over Utah, uh, I will keep them in tier three. If they do not, that will be a different conversation yeah. for another time. They have been susceptible to these losses already this year, but to me these three teams are kind of just ahead of the rest of the pack which includes kind of every other team that that you are thinking of who's in the top 10 <laughs> in Europe. why haven't you mentioned them yet we'll get to them yeah. in tier four but for me at least uh kansas arizona and north carolina are kind of right in that just outside the top five kind of competing for a potential one seed more likely a two seed uh, and have those resumes that are not quite in that top four conversation but sitting here in tier three Andy, if you had to, you know, you in talking about tier two, you mentioned Houston and then Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Can you, uh, and I guess really we both should rank mm-hmm. out this tier in like what, like who you th- like if we were creating 
the S curve today of these mm-hmm. teams, where would you rank them? If these are teams five, six, and seven, basically, according to our tiers, yeah. who would you have five, who six, and who seven? I'd have Kansas five, um, and I think I'd have Carolina six, and then Arizona, who I'm now feeling they're tied as we're recording. So I'm a little more nervous about them right now. But even with even if they pull this win off, I still think I have them at the bottom of this tier. And frankly, right. uh, again, potentially depending on this game, there are some teams in tier four that I could easily see sneaking up into that conversation and potentially knocking them down. That, that's where I would go as well. Um, Kansas and North Carolina, I think, are closer to each other than Arizona is to either of them. I would still mm-hmm. put them all in tier three. Um, but with Kansas starting five and assuming that Johnny Furphy can find a level of consistency, which good grief, I think we talk about on every show now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know he had that slower game this past weekend, but outside of that, he's been really good lately. And um, so I would put them just because the the team connectivity for them in Carolina is about the same to me. But I think Kansas, like all around talent, at least with that starting five, is probably more talented than Carolina's, even though they're both really connected as teams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you right there. And in tier four, like we said, for those of you who are waiting to hear those different teams, uh, kind of a, a, a mishmash of a bunch of teams that I think could potentially move. Can we say cornucopia? Does that work here? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, yeah, it's not really fall season, but I think we can work with it. That's true. <laughs> um, got a couple of SEC teams, Auburn and Alabama. Obviously, Auburn has been up in that top five conversation at times this year. Uh, picked up nice wins this week over Alabama and over Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama smoked Alabama. That yeah, was- yeah. I think Alabama gets a little bit of a knock because of that. Uh, but they obviously won the the first game in that series. Those two teams are obviously both very talented yeah. and playing yeah. some good ball right now. I also got Marquette in this category. I think Marquette has has shown, uh, especially lately, they've been playing some really good That's basketball right. in the Big East and have kind of separated themselves ahead of Creighton, who is not in this conversation right now after a couple losses and are kind of really just right like one B or 2A behind uh, UConn, obviously, in the Big East. And then Illinois and Duke in this conversation as well, teams that feel like they're a little bit more susceptible to to potentially taking a loss in conference play. And Big Ten has some mediocre teams. ACC is not very great. So I could see either of those teams slipping up in a way that, that could kind of push them out of this conversation. But for right now, I think all those teams kind of fit right below that third tier. Yeah. And Andy, I would I agree with all five of those. And the, the two that I would add – to that are Kentucky, but it's a wild cardish Kentucky yeah. in the way that that is like a, you know, potential, I don't know, like if they're like a, I don't think they'll fall this far, but if like they were an eight seed, mm-hmm. I I would hate to be the one seed in that bracket, like Wichita State, whenever, whatever year that was, when Wichita mm-hmm. State was a one, mm-hmm. and, like that sounds awful. Um, Baylor, it's the same thing. And that's why I put these together. Both these teams are so good offensively, but I have these defensive questions with them, but any given night, if they decide they want to defend all of a sudden or down the stretch, uh, mm-hmm. then, then they might be in business. Yep. 100%. And I think those, those are kind of the only teams that are, you know, Iowa state, Wisconsin, you can maybe toss them in that conversation yeah. a little bit, but they, Wisconsin struggled as of late Iowa state. I'm just not sure that the, the overall okay. talent level is necessary to be fully in that conversation, although they have had a very good year. Isaac, 13, more than half of the top 25 teams are going on the road against unranked opponents this weekend. We're going to talk about which programs might not be coming home with a W. 
But first, I want to tell you all about today's sponsor, FanDuel. Folks, happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like Isaac and I, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has so, so many different ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, right now the 49ers, two and a half point favorites. FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points are going to be scored, and so much more. So new customers, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, segment two here, Andy Patton, Isaac Shade, Locked On College Basketball Podcast, and it is a tale as old as time. 13 of the AP Top 25 teams are on the road, taking on unranked, not undefeated, unranked opponents. <laughs> Ten of those games. No, there are, are thir- there are so many undefeated teams. Right, everybody's undefeated. It's not November 8th. Like that's It's just, all the Wildcats. Like it's all the lawyers. there. <laughs> <laughs> Ten of those 13 games are going to take place on Saturday. Six of the top 10 teams are playing. Uh, we'll get to the Arizona at Colorado, but for right now, just a reminder that that game is still going on, and it is very close, and we talked about not wanting to jinx them, but woof, it looks like Utah might be able to pull this one off three and a half minutes to go uh, for right now. But, Isaac, let's start with the top five teams yeah. that are going on the road. There's three of those games happening all on Saturday. We got UConn heading on the road at Georgetown. This game is on FS1 at noon Eastern time. Ken Palm has a line that favors UConn by 16 points. That is the state of affairs for the Hoyas right now. North Carolina is going on the road at Miami for Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, Tar Heels favored by seven, again, with Ken Palm's lines. And then Houston going on the road to take on the Bearcats of Cincinnati, a battle of two new teams in the Big 12 Conference. That game is also at 4 Eastern time on ESPN2. Can do a little bit of channel surfing there between those two. Ken Palm favors the Cougs by six. Which of those games kind of stand out to you? Not UConn at Georgetown. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll do respect to the Hoyas, uh, but uh, yeah, that, that game is going to be what it is. And thankfully with uh, YouTube TV, they finally updated it where I can choose my multi-view now. So mm-hmm. I am definitely going to have those two games in my multi-view. Um, what's funny, Andy, is you look at these two matchups and it's like, two crazy defensive teams and two crazy offensive teams. And when you look at like the Ken Palm predicted scores, the difference is so hilarious. Cincinnati uh, is favored to win uh, Houston, sorry, favored to win 67, 61 and Mm. North Carolina is favored to win 81, 74. (laughs) And so, you know, two very different games going on side by side. Um, I I really am curious about both of these games. Mm -hmm. Does like, I think Houston is the more, capable and talented team in that game but can Wes Miller's team have some home magic there and do what they need to do can they shut down LJ Cryer or Mm -hmm. Jamal Shedd and force the other to beat them something of that nature um with the other game you know Miami has been struggling they haven't played since they scored just 38 points against Virginia earlier (laughs) I just laugh every time I talk about it um but also North Carolina is coming off what to them is an embarrassment and have now lost two out of three. So one of these teams is going to be not in great shape, Andy. Either the Tar Heels will have lost three of their last four or Miami will have also lost three of their last four. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. This Miami team, 
has just been a disappointment on paper. Andy, they got everything they need. And, and it's just like, I think it, what it comes down to for me is there has been no true replacement for Jordan Miller. And there's mm-hmm. been no true replacement for Isaiah Wong. Those two things combined. There's a lot of great dudes on this roster, but none of them are matching what those two guys did last year. Yep. I'm with you. I think that North Carolina and Miami and, and Houston and Cincinnati are the, the more intriguing of this trio. It was more than 25 years ago when we got Ray Allen versus Allen Iverson in a UConn-Georgetown matchup in the 90s. Uh, it's been a while since this rivalry of this matchup has has had that kind of steam behind it. I do believe in Ed Cooley and the ability to potentially turn that program around, but it has not happened yet. Uh, moving on, a couple of other fantastic games in the top 10 uh, for top 10 ranked teams going on the road to take on those unranked opponents. I got Tennessee on the road at Texas A&M. That game is at 8 Eastern time on ESPN. The Vols favored by five. Arizona at Colorado. They are currently eighth. They are also currently winning by two still <laughs> in this game, 10 Eastern time uh, for that game, ESPN. And it is Arizona, but only by three. It is tough to go on the road at Colorado. Teams struggle to go play at that play uh, at that arena. Uh, and then we got Illinois at Michigan State, two Eastern time for that one on Saturday on CBS. And Michigan State, this is the first of a couple of these games where the team that is not ranked, the home team, is favored. And right now, again, this is just Ken Palm's line. We'll see. Sure. FanDuel will come out later. Uh, we'll see what that looks like. But for Michigan State, they are favored at Ken Palm to take down the Illini, which would be a monster, much-needed yeah. win for yeah. Tom Izzo's team, especially after losing to Minnesota earlier this week. That's right. Andy, you know, we looked at that previous trio, and there was one game that stood out as not being like the other. Mm-hmm. All three of these games are really, really yeah. sexy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, AM beat Kentucky at home. They've not had the season we anticipated they would. But man, with with what you can get from Wade Taylor and Tyrese mm-hmm. Radford, I almost said Tyrese Proctor, uh, wrong team. Um, <laughs> I was thinking Tyrese Hunter, too. We were just all- <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't there just a rapper or an R&B artist just named Tyrese? Yes. <laughs> so let's just, let's just, man, he's just going to show up and go off on Dalton Connect. It'll be awesome. Um, Andy, I, I love that game. A&M's got a real shot at home. Colorado, mm-hmm. who's doing good work as we record as well, has a shot against an Arizona team who, you know, is proving right now that things aren't looking great. Mm-hmm. And then Colorado's an even better team than Utah, in my opinion. And so Colorado's got, uh, you know, you talked about Michigan State's big opportunity. What an opportunity for the Buffaloes to yeah. pick one up there as well. So I, I love the uh, kind of bubble possibilities for all three of these teams. I know Lenardi right now has Michigan State in his field, but they are by no means secure. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it ain't March, but man, it's, it's almost Dizzo time, Andy. And so this will be really, really curious about that one. We've got quite a few more ranked teams that I want to talk about here. I'm just going to speed through each of these matchups. Uh, Isaac, you can pick which one is, is your favorite. I know I have a favorite out of these, although there's going to be quite a few good ones. First, we got another one in the Big Ten, Wisconsin going on the road to take on Rutgers noon on the Big Ten Network. Ken Palm has Wisconsin favored by five. Got to see if the Badgers can avoid a potential four-game losing streak. <laughs> that is shocking to be saying about this team, considering yeah. how good they were playing Earlier this year, going over to the SEC, Auburn on the road, taking on Todd Golden and the Gators, 3.30 Eastern time on the SEC network, Auburn by four. Alabama going on the road to take on LSU at noon Eastern time. That one will be on ESPN, and Bama's favored by eight. Big East, Creighton at Xavier, 12.30 on Fox, Xavier by one. That is another one of those chances for a 
team that is not the ranked team to potentially pick up a big victory. Creighton has been really struggling as of late. I could absolutely see Sean Miller's team getting a W there. Uh, the two games on Friday. So as you guys are listening to this, two games coming on tonight. Dayton at VCU, 7 Eastern time on ESPN2. FanDuel line for that one, Dayton by one and a half. And then in the Mountain West, San Diego State at Nevada, 8 Eastern time on Friday night, CBS Sports Network. FanDuel favors Nevada, the third of our matchups with the unranked team favored. This one is a FanDuel line as well by one and a half. And then on Sunday, Florida Atlantic takes on Wichita State at noon on ESPN2. Uh, Ken Palm has Florida Atlantic favored by nine over the Shockers. All right, Andy, my favorite of this game, I'm curious if it's the one you said you were picking, is number 12, Auburn at Florida. Here's why. We just saw earlier this week, North Carolina coming off that emotional, emotionally taxing, mentally taxing, physically taxing game against their arch rival Duke, and then lay a little bit of an early egg um, against Clemson at home. Let's think about Auburn. They've just done the same thing at home against Alabama. How quickly can they get their brains switched back around to head down to Gainesville for, you know, Todd Golden's team that, um, as we record, just coming off a, a loss to Texas A&M at Texas A&M last Saturday, but they've had the whole week off, Florida has, by the way, and had been on a four-game winning streak prior to that, including having just beaten Kentucky at Kentucky. Andy, I'm really curious to see how Auburn reacts in response to the Alabama win and what Florida can do after a week off and coming off a loss. Well, I was not going to pick that game. The one I was going to pick is Creighton and Xavier, but if you had picked Creighton Xavier, I was going to go with Auburn, Florida as my <laughs> choice there. So those are, I think are the top two games, but for me, I kind of alluded to it already. Creighton, a couple games in a row now, they've scored a bunch of points early in the season when they took losses. It was because their offense disappeared. They only scored 50 points, 60 points, whatever. But they've had a couple 90-point games where they still lost. Clearly, something's going wrong with them defensively. they got some work to do. Shout out to Providence for uh, having a really good game against them earlier this week. But the Blue Jays, I mean, if it's Xavier's not a team you want to play if you can't figure your stuff out on the defensive end of the floor because they are a good offensive team and there are not very many coaches that I would rank higher in terms of their coaching abilities on offense than Sean Miller and I could absolutely see a Musketeers team that is pretty desperate for some big wins I mean they're in that bubble conversation a win here even at home over Creighton is, is certainly going to help their resume in a major way and could send Creighton they're already kind of spiraling and that would be a, a big big bad loss for Greg McDermott's team. Andy, I got a really important over-under for you. You ready? Yes, hit me. Mason Miller, over-under 0.5 points. Yeah, I, I mean, Creighton might score 100 in this one on Xavier's defense, and Miller might only get a few of them. He has not been a big – they need him. They if, if Creighton's going to win this game, they need – more than two, probably at least six or eight for Mason Miller. But if he gets a, a goose egg again, yeah, they're going to be in trouble. Well, Andy, we've gone through, you know, we you've named way to go. All 13 of those ranked teams on the road at unranked teams, but there is one other, un, or excuse me, one other ranked team on the road this weekend. We haven't mentioned them yet because it's our lone ranked on ranked matchup of the weekend. Can Baylor steal one from the Jayhawks in Fog Allen? We'll talk about that in just a second. All right, Andy, quick check on Arizona. Again, 65 seconds left. They've given themselves a little separation, 76-71, but it's so funny. Two weeks ago, we jinxed them against Oregon State 
last week. Who was it? I'm trying to remember. We had a Wisconsin. Yes, we jinxed Wisconsin, who had a massive lead at Nebraska. I think they were up 19 and uh, let the Huskers come back to beat them the first of this three-game losing streak. So, Andy, I, for the first time, want to make a jinx of the week pick. And as we record, Washington at Oregon has not tipped yet. So, Andy, here it is. The jinx of the week. The Ducks are guaranteed to win this basketball game. Oh man, I, I have so hope, many. I have so many Oregon fans in my life. They're gonna be so pissed if they listen to this. <laughs> I, I hope this becomes a regular thing for us, and I just want to lean real hard into it. Seriously, if we can go three for three on jinxing teams recording <laughs> Thursday night before they play, I'm all for that. All right, Andy, number thirteen Baylor at number four Kansas, six Eastern. On ESPN, I mean, you think about this lineup this weekend, yeah. just game after game. Just, I mean, it's not this sheer ridiculousness of last weekend, but this is a loaded Saturday again. Six Eastern on ESPN. Ken Palm has it. Jayhawks minus three at home. Andy, what would it do for the Baylor Bears to pick up this kind of level road victory at Lawrence, Kansas? Well, you said it on, at the beginning of the show when we were talking about these tiers, like Baylor's a team that isn't quite in that conversation yet, but they have the horses, they have the talent. And <laughs> one of the one of the things that, that Baylor has struggled with uh, in the last couple of years, I mean, they've struggled defensively, which is still a bit of an issue for them, but they haven't had a lot of like anchors in the front court. And that has been an area of concern. Scott Drew can get guards from anywhere. He can get transfer guards, he can develop guards. Like there, there's a guard factory at Baylor, but the, the bigs has been an issue. And then they go out and find an Eves Missy. And the, the, I mean, he was such an unbelievable beast for them against Texas Tech earlier this week. Like he had 17 points on five of seven shooting at 11 boards. Like he's a, a, an absolute monster. And when he's playing like that, like it's not easy to, to, you know, Hunter Dickinson, KJ Adams, a really tremendous front court for Kansas. But if Missy can have an impact in this game, uh, I think that's going to be a huge storyline. And I wanted to pick that as the matchup because it's just too easy to pick on like, well, Baylor's got a couple guards. What is it going to look like for Kansas at the shooting guard position? I know we did, we've been talking about that so much, but obviously that's going to be a factor as well. But to me, I think a lot of this game is going to come down to if Missy can have uh, maybe not exactly the same impact he had in the Texas Tech yeah. game, but a yeah. big impact on this game and, and frustrate Kansas's front court. I think that's a one of the key recipes to them pulling off what would be a massive upset. Kansas has not lost at home this year. That would be a huge, huge win for the Bears. Man, definitely. So, Andy, let's go to some some bubbly games. And while you talk, I'm going to pull out my bubbles and blow them. <laughs> um, look, all, all sorts of conference matchups, but something we have lost in this day and age of college basketball is like mid-conference portion of the season, non-con games. Yeah. We used to get those. And unfortunately, in, in fact, this is the first year that we are without that kind of middle of conference play big 12 sec matchup that yeah. i thought was so fun mm-hmm. well thankfully on saturday we do get a non-con matchup and so i want to highlight that one and get some thoughts before we uh kind of just quickly pace around others gonzaga is at gonzaga uh a <laughs> little shout out to our guy lance daughter um gonzaga <laughs> at number 17 kentucky for eastern on cbs ken palm has it kentucky minus three andy folks would not believe it unless they hear it but gonzaga in quad one, still looking for that first quad one win. This would go a huge, huge way towards helping them find some sort of foundation in terms of an NCAA tournament resume. What do you see happening in that game in Rupp Arena? 
it's going to come down to the front court for both teams. I think Gonzaga's desperate. They're more desperate than they've been in, in a really long time to pick up a quad one game, to rebuild their resume, to not force themselves into a position where they absolutely have to win the WCC tournament against a very good St. Mary's team. But I think the key for this game is going to be Grammy K for Gonzaga. Can he stay out of foul trouble? Something that has been an issue for him this season because Kentucky doesn't defend particularly well. Yeah. And they have talented big. Yeah, that was big, kind of you to say. Yeah. They don't defend particularly well. Okay. They do not. Um, but Gonzaga doesn't, Gonzaga doesn't put a lot of rim pressure. They don't attack uh, at the rim all that much. I think that they could potentially do some serious damage in the pick and roll. Uh, I think that's an area that they could exploit, but it's going to come down to Graham EK and his ability to stay on the floor without committing fouls, because we saw this against St. Mary's. They, EK picked up his fourth foul. They brought him out of the game. They brought in Braden Huff, who's been phenomenal as a backup center for Gonzaga this year, uh, but he's a bad defensive player. And I think St. Mary scored something like seven points in 85 seconds, and that was it. That was the game. I mean, that's that's what determined it. So to me, I think that how EK does, how Anton Watson does, uh, whether Zvonimir Visic can have an impact without getting in foul trouble, which has been an issue for him as well, uh, I think that's going to be it. And then I think pace is an interesting element yeah, of this yeah. game as well. Kentucky is a frenetic pace. Gonzaga has historically always played at a super high pace, but they don't have the depth to keep up with Kentucky. Does that mean that Mark Few, which this would be the first time I've ever seen it, attempts to slow down? That's how teams have beat Kentucky this year. That's how South Carolina beat Kentucky was they slowed the pace and forced Kentucky to play at their pace. Yeah. That's not something Gonzaga typically does. Yeah. But if they try to get in a track meet with Kentucky, they're probably going to lose. Yeah, 100%. Andy? Uh, great job with the bubbles. I'm blowing bubbles while you're talking about the <laughs> bubbles. We've got seven other games with some level of bubble implication. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rattle them off quickly. I want you to give me one game and one reason why you like it, and then I'll pick one other game and one reason why I like it, and we'll get out of here. TCU at number 14, Iowa State, 2 Eastern, ESPN 2. Ken Palm has it, Cyclones minus 7. St. John's at number 7, Marquette. We've talked about Marquette earlier, doing really well right now. 6 Eastern, FS1. Marquette minus seven. Indiana at Purdue, eight Eastern on Fox. Purdue minus 19. Don't forget, Indiana won this game last year. Mm -hmm. K-State coming off that win over Kansas at number 21. BYU got to go up to elevation. 10 Eastern. That's PM, by the way, on ESPN2, BYU minus 11 at Ken Palm. Boise State at Utah State, 10 Eastern, FS1, Utah State minus four. Both these teams need a dub. Andy, UCF at 23, Texas Tech, four Eastern on ESPN+, Plus. Red Raiders minus seven. And finally, UNLV at New Mexico, eight Eastern on CBS Sports, UNM by 12. Andy, give me one and why, quickly. I'm going Indiana at Purdue. Um, give me the, I mean, I think the Boilermakers are going to win, but this is a massive opportunity for Mike Woodson's team to pick up a, a, a desperately needed win. I don't think this is make or break necessarily, but if the Hoosiers lo lose this game, they, I mean, their resume is just not that good. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's unfortunate to put yourself in a position where you have to beat Purdue, the best team in the country on the road in order to solidify your resume. But that's the spot that this team is in. They did it last year. It would be a phenomenal story if they could do it again, put themselves on the right side of the bubble uh, and kind of maybe build some momentum for the rest of the season. I'm going to go K-State at BYU. Really curious to see how Go Wildcats follows up <laughs> their victory over Kansas. If they could beat Kansas and then go up to BYU and win this game, Andy, it would do some really, really helpful things for their case. BYU, by the way, a metrics darling that you and I aren't completely sold on. I think some of that is the variability of their 
chuck and run attack, which the offense is is rolling when it's rolling. But man, there's just too much variability for me in that three point shooting. If BYU loses, they'll be four and six in the Big Twelve, and they're gonna have some work to do, Andy, which is really really interesting to me. Um, so we'll keep our eyes out on that. And also, I'm just curious if Rick Pitino is going to have any kind of magic at Marquette. We'll watch out for that. Yeah, that was the other one I was going to pick, so I'm glad you alluded to it at the end. Folks, I would love to be able to give you a final update on Arizona-Utah, but of course, as has frequently happened to us as we are looking to record, that game is in overtime right now. Uh, Arizona is up two at the start of overtime. Utah scored 51 points in the second half to tie that bad boy up. Uh, even if Arizona pulls out a victory, there are definitely some concerns about Tommy Lloyd's team on the defensive end of the floor, but that is going to wrap it up. Thursday jinx, baby! Yes, it's here. We'll see how, how, how Oregon and Washington shakes out tonight, uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us today here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. I want to thank all of you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. It's a fantastic weekend of college basketball games. Isaac and I will be back next week to get you ready for another great week of games, as well as to talk about the bubble implications from this weekend and go through all of it as we get closer and closer to March. Uh, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats as they frantically fight for a win here over Utah. And until next week, peace out.